So right now I'm going to talk about some of the things that I'm not so proud of. I've spent a lot of time talking about the things that Mike did and how they made me feel. And I'm going to talk about a few things that I wish I could go back and do differently. And if I go backwards in time, chronologically, starting at the beginning, one of the things I wish I could go back and do differently was um, there was a time when Mike and I were living in Alton, Illinois, in a little house that he had bought uh, in his late 20s. Alton is a small working class town on the Mississippi River across from St. Louis and we were living there together and um, I was pregnant with our daughter. I had just found out recently that I was pregnant and we had not had our wedding yet. Our wedding would not come until September and we would move in October. So this would have been the summer of 98. Mike played in a golf league. He spent a lot of time playing golf and he would go play after work and be gone till very late and he would come home just trashed, very drunk. And before I was pregnant, I really didn't care too much about that because I drank a lot too. And I would party and go out with my friends and do whatever. But when I became pregnant, after I had my first sonogram, I decided I would never drink while I was pregnant. I saw that little baby. I saw what my responsibilities were and I wasn't going to drink anymore. And I made the stupid assumption that Mike would be on board with me, that we would not be drinking and not partying and that we would kind of be partners in this. I, I just assumed that. But he continued to drink a lot uh, during my pregnancy and this would cause fights. And I would tell him, you know, I don't want alcohol in the house. I can't drink. I was having, I was struggling with it. I was having a hard time not drinking. I'm a drinker. I still probably drink too much, not as much as I used to, but I love to drink. I love wine. I love whiskey. I love mixed drinks, cocktails, all that stuff. And I really struggled giving up alcohol and giving up caffeine. I didn't drink coffee either while I was pregnant. So I didn't want alcohol in the house and he would buy all this liquor and this wine and be drinking. And, and I thought it was mean. I didn't like it. It was selfish of me. So one night he was gone all night playing golf and doing whatever. And when he came home late in the evening, he was just wasted. He was just belligerent and drunk and had been out golfing and smelled like cigars and was just gross. And we started fighting. I started fighting with him. I'm sure I was probably confrontational. I can't remember what I said conveniently. <laughs> I can't remember what I said, but I'm sure it was something to the effect, you're an asshole. You come home drunk. Uh, you're rude. This is not fair. I was feeling like um, the burden of the pregnancy was all on me. I mean, of course it is all on the woman, right? And so we were fighting and he was like, I don't have to stop drinking. You do. You're the one that has to stop drinking, not me. And, and that just spurred me on. And I was pissy. And I went into the cabinet and I got out every bottle of liquor. And there were a lot. 
maybe 10, 15 bottles, I don't know, of expensive scotch and vodka, gin, wine, whatever was in there. And I, one at a time, took them out to the back porch and I just dropped them on the porch and smashed them, broke them into a million pieces, shattered them one after another until there was a huge mess on the concrete back porch. I just smashed all of the bottles. And uh, that was really dumb. I'm embarrassed talking about it now. I shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. But I was so angry and just felt like I wanted to get his attention. I, I couldn't, I don't know. It's like he wasn't it wasn't getting through to him, my feelings on it. I couldn't make him understand. And, you know, I look back now and I go, God, that was so stupid. Of course I should not have done that. But I smashed, I don't know, 10 or 15 bottles of alcohol on the back porch. I'm sure the neighbors thought I was completely psycho. That is a psycho thing to do. That was crazy. And it wouldn't be the last time that I broke things. But I smashed them all, and we were fighting, and he was like, you're fucking nuts. You are a fucking psycho, which made me even more mad, you know. But um, I just, I don't mean to make excuses for my bad behavior, but I just didn't feel any solidarity. I didn't feel support. I didn't, you know, he was still drinking coffee. He was still smoking cigars. He was still drinking alcohol and going out and partying. And, you know, I'm at home pregnant by myself. And uh, it was funny, at this time, I was making more money than Mike. Uh, working. At, we worked, both worked at Fleischman Hillard, and I was making more money. And I was like, fuck, I just worked an 11-hour day, and I got to come home, and I've got this drunk guy, and this is just bullshit. So I smashed all the bottles. I think he cleaned it up the next day. I don't know. I'm not proud. I am so not proud. That was stupid. If I could go back and do it again... I probably would have tried to sit him down and tell him how I felt, which I guess at the time just felt very weak. You know, I should have told him this is really hurting me. This is really hurting me. It would take years of counseling and therapy for me to be able to tell people when I was hurt. I just didn't do it. My counselor thinks it's because when I was a kid and my needs were not met, telling people that something was wrong or that I was hurting or needed something, those needs were not met and they, those kinds of statements didn't mean anything. And so I carried that into adulthood. Who knows if that's just a bunch of psycho babble or if it's true, but that's, that's what happened. I would, I have, I did not break a lot of things during my marriage. I'm trying to think of other things I might've broken and I can think of only two other things one time when Mike and I were living in Round Rock, Texas, in our big house, it was, you know, near the end. It wasn't long before um, we separated, but one of the things that would drive me crazy about fighting with Mike was he would always turn his back to me and walk away. You know, if we were in the middle of an argument or there was something we needed to discuss, it didn't matter if we were just debating or arguing or in a full-on shouting match— he would turn around and walk away and just leave the scene, and then I'm, I'm talking to the back of his head while he's walking away. And he, he would probably tell you that I will argue a point until it's, you know, it's beating a dead horse, 
I'm sure I'm guilty of that. It's got to be annoying for anyone arguing with me. I don't give up. But also, Mike uh, doesn't like to have difficult or confrontational conversations. He doesn't like to argue. And there are times, I'm sorry, but there are times in a relationship when you have got to have the fight. You have to. You have to be able to have the disagreement, work through it, get over it, and move on. And we often would have things fester because he wouldn't fight. He would just say, I'm not talking about this. I'm not discussing this. And he would turn around and walk out of the room. And that was wildly frustrating for me, hair pulling. And I would follow him around and fight with him uh, looking at the back of his head. That made me crazy. There were times when he should have turned around and had the fight with me and we could have worked through it rather than him sequestering himself in the garage or in his room or whatever and then me just festering and this resentment growing and this coldness and you know anger that goes on for months and months no sex no intimacy no companionship I mean that's what that leads to so one night we were arguing over something and it was important to me to work this out and to talk about whatever it was and he just kept walking away i'm not going to i'm not going to talk about this i'm not going to talk about this and i had had it and he went into his room and his bedroom downstairs and closed the door and locked it he locked the door and refused to speak to me and i was like this is this is ridiculous. I, I, I cannot handle this. I, I just had to talk about it. Could not get his attention. He would not open the door. So I went into the kitchen and opened up the cabinet and pulled out a plate. I'm talking about a cheap, you know, Walmart ceramic plate, whatever. It wasn't any big deal. And I dropped it on the tile floor. That's right. I broke dishes. I am not proud. I am revealing psychotic moments of what it's like to be married to me. <laughs> I wouldn't do that today. I, I wouldn't break anything. I don't think I would. I'm a lot more mellow and I've had six years of counseling and learning how to deal with my own temper. Um, anyway, I broke a plate. Nothing happened. I broke another plate. I just lifted them out of the cabinet and let them fall onto the tile and they were loud and he did come out of his room he did come out of his room and said what are you doing you are you're insane you're crazy and I said I need you to talk to me please you're locking yourself in your room I've got we've got to talk about this we've got to talk about this and he's like, you're nuts. You're a crazy person. And I felt crazy. I felt crazy. Yes, I agreed. Yeah, I am crazy. This is driving me crazy. You won't talk to me. It would be a couple of years later when Mike would be begging me to talk to him that I said, this is a little too little too late. And I told him, do you remember when I was begging you? Uh, to talk to me. Remember that? And I reminded him, I said, I broke dishes begging you to talk to me. And um, there was a point where there, there is no doubt, I did not want to talk to him anymore. I got past that point. I didn't care anymore. 
I did not want to break any more dishes or smash any more uh, liquor bottles or break anything or shout or scream. I was done. I was done. I didn't. I think if you get to the point where you don't care enough to fight, you have a real issue. So these are two moments that I've described where I was a psycho. I was really crazy. There's only one more instance, which I don't really feel prepared to talk about, but I would say in total, there were three times in an 18 year marriage where I just lost my cool big time and broke things. It was those three, those three times. So I think that's a pretty good record. Three, uh, psychotic episodes in 18 years or 20 years of being together. (laughs) I don't remember breaking anything else. Maybe if Mike were on this recording, he might be able to describe some other psychotic moments. Probably so. You know, I don't pretend that, uh, I'm not without fault. I definitely, I definitely have my faults and have acted crazy and and would like to go back and do things differently. That's part of what this reflection is. Remembering the stupid things I've done. I won't do those things again. I've, The counselor that I had for a number of years told me that there were a lot of tools missing from my toolbox. That was his way of describing things. And I liked that description because my counselor helped me put tools back into my toolbox. We talked for years about issues that I have, issues from childhood, issues with trust, um, with trusting people and lies and and that kind of thing. And he has worked hard to help me put tools in my toolbox that could help me have better relationships with people and just know myself better, understand why I react and behave in certain ways and, and try to make the, I've done a lot of growth. I've come a long way. I have come a very long way and I'm very far from perfect. And I still love to storm out of a room when I'm mad, but, um, I'm a lot better. I am so much better than I once was. 